Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Easy Peasy Show. Today is Friday, November 3rd, finally November season, which means college basketball is right around the corner. Uh, NBA is still in full swing. Uh, unfortunately, football is you know, starting to get to the latter half of the seasons. It's um getting a little scary out there. But um, hey, we're enjoy- enjoying fall for a while, what it's worth. Uh, Louisiana's got cold weather finally. I know I'm thankful for that. Um, But, yeah, let's get into it. We got some UFC this weekend. Like I said, we got football as always. We got some basketball, uh, Formula One even this weekend. And, yeah, it's a uh, pretty busy weekend for sports. So let's dive into it. Peyton, I'll let you pick your poison. What you want to start with first? You know me. You know what I'm going to want to start with. College football, baby. All right. Let's move into so, it. So, I think I have about, let me see, one, two, three, four. I got seven notable games. I'll try to run through them pretty quickly. Um, I have, first off, I have Kansas State at Texas. Um, I think Kansas State's a pretty solid team. I think they have some, they've lost some games that they definitely shouldn't have this year. Um, but. I think they have a chance against Texas. I don't think Tech. I think that win against Alabama. Uh, I mean, it was an impressive win. Don't get me wrong. Alabama's never an easy win, but um, I think, I think it was. It's a little overhyped at this point. Um, Texas, a few weeks in a row now, they haven't had some. They haven't had very great showings. Um, I, ex- I mean, maybe they write the ship, but I expect them to have another poor showing and maybe get burnt by it this week. Um. I'm not. I'm not calling the upset, but I think the the potential is absolutely there. Actually, you know what? I'll I'll call the upset. I'll call the upset there. Um, K State upsets Texas in Austin. Um, it would be a shock, and obviously, it would. It would I mean, it would pretty much diminish Texas's playoff hopes. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna call it there. I'm gonna call my shot. Next game I have, I got. Oh, and by the way, part of the reason that I say that is because. Quinn Ewers is out for Texas. Uh, Malik Murphy, if you missed it, is starting for Texas. So, um, backup quarterback. It, there's just a lot of things. A tough Kansas State team. A lot of things kind of go into that decision and uh, kind of go into why Texas might be on upset alert this weekend. Next game I have circled is AM at Ole Miss. And I don't just circle this game because uh, it's two good teams. I mean, Texas AM is wildly inconsistent. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think they're as good of a team as they probably should be, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're a team that's absolutely capable of beating anybody in the country at any given time, um, when they put it all together, but how often do they put it all together? Not very often at all. So they, they lose a lot of games that they shouldn't, and they win a lot of games that they shouldn't. I, I don't, I don't, I still don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about A&M. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, I think we talked about this at the beginning of the year. Um, I mean, how many years in a row is it that Texas A&M can't put it together? I think I called for them to do really well this year in the SEC. And, I mean, for what it's worth, they're better than they were last year, which they didn't even make a bowl game last year. So, take, take that for what it's worth. But, uh. It's really important, especially as an LSU fan. This game is one that I'll definitely have my eyes on. Um, LSU really needs A&M to win. Get Ole Miss out of, really, I think, no, they're in second place in the SEC West. Um, But LSU would leap them if they were to lose and LSU were to win, which we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, So, yeah, pretty important game. Next game. Not necessarily that I think it's going to be a good game, but Notre Dame at Clemson. I think Notre Dame is going to walk all over Clemson. And the reason I have this game circled is, I mean, what I think that's going to put Clemson at four and five on the year. Um, yeah, they're four and four this year with losses to Duke, Florida State, Miami, and NC State, and they've looked really, really bad this year. Um, I think Tom has over, I mean, taken over on Dabo. He doesn't recruit the portal like he should. He he doesn't believe in NIL, and, and in today's day and age, as a coach, he's got to figure something out. He's got to put his feelings on NIL and um, the portal to the side because 
it ain't gonna work for him if he continues the way he is he's doing it. So um for what it's worth, I do like Dabo. I think he's a pretty solid person. Um but yeah, he's something's gonna have to change. So yeah, I, I Notre Dame is gonna walk in this one. Next game, Missouri at Georgia. If there's a team that's capable of beating Georgia this year in the SEC East, it's going to be Missouri. I don't think Tennessee has the firepower that they did last year, but I think Missouri does. So, yeah, Missouri is great offensively. I mean, Luther Burden, one of the best receivers in the country. Brady Cook having a really solid year at quarterback. Um, and their defense is, is pretty good for a team. Uh, their rush defense is pretty good, and they're playing a team that really likes to run the ball in Georgia. Um Georgia likes to basically bully their opponents, run the ball down their throats, and and just out physical eat other teams. So I think Missouri matches up pretty well with Georgia. Um, being that it's at Georgia, I find it hard to believe that Missouri would walk in there and win. But like I said at the beginning of the year, Georgia is due a loss at some point. It wouldn't shock me if Missouri beat them this weekend. But, I mean – how can you say that anybody's going to beat Georgia? Nobody's beaten them in two and a half years, which is insane to think about. Yeah. I, well, I say, I guess Alabama did beat them in the SEC championship in 2021. But then they came back and, re- and got revenge on Alabama. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like that kind of cancels each other out. So really two and a half years, they've lost one game and they got revenge in the national championship, or yeah, in the national championship in that game. Right. So, I, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stay with UGA in this one, but I think Missouri keeps it pretty close. Mm-hmm. Next game, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. If you follow follow college football, this game is always insane. Bedlam series. I mean, it, there are just bonkers games in this series for n- absolutely no reason whatsoever. So, I expect this one to be no different. Oklahoma State's kind of been an agent of chaos this year so far. Um, they went, I mean, they've honestly they've ex- exceeded expectations. Um, let me see. Let me pull their record real quick. They are number twenty-two in the country, six and two overall. They've beaten teams like Kansas State, Kansas, West Virginia, but they've lost to teams like South Alabama. They got crushed by South Alabama. So I I don't even know like their season's weird. I mean six and two is overall is a pretty solid pretty solid record, but they got beat thirty three seven by South Alabama. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I mean I think that kind of goes to show you how bad the Big Ten Big Twelve is this year as well, um, and the fact that Oklahoma and Texas are kind of squeaking by a lot of these teams really is a cause for concern for both of those teams uh, in terms of big picture. And so, for that reason, I'm, I'm going to put Oklahoma on upset alert again. I know they lost last weekend, but they lost to a Kansas team, again, who still Jalen Daniels is not playing. It was Jason Bean again, and they they lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, at what point do you say Oklahoma – I mean, that's, what, two straight weeks that they've really struggled against a pretty poor UCF team and – a Kansas team that without their starting quarterback is is not nearly the same, nearly dynamic offensively, and they beat you. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go. I'll go OK State in that one. Do you? How do you feel about that game? No, I agree with you. Like I said, it's just the um, college football and especially these rivalry games. Um, you, you just never know. You just never know. I mean. I mean, I'm sure every fan of whatever team it may be, they always have that one game. I'm sorry, that one team, that one game every season where it's close for no reason sometimes. And, you know, but I'm not saying this this game shouldn't be close for no reason. I think these are actually a little bit more equally um, – like they're they're it's gonna be a competitive game. These teams are more even than what people think. Um, like you said, you yeah, you, you mentioned that you mentioned the troubles and struggles for each team, but yeah, I think Oklahoma's are maybe a little bit more concerning than Oklahoma State going into Oklahoma State, and um, you know, I feel like I read often that Oklahoma State is just a very tough place to play. Um, yeah, it is. 
I hear it's an even like tougher place to play. Like when the sun sets, I know this game's at two thirty, so that shouldn't really be a concern. But um, like I think I saw some crazy stat out there that when like the sun sets, and um, what what is it? Boone Pickens, boot. I don't know something something crazy. There's some crazy stat where like if the sun sets, you have like no chance of winning there, um, <laughs> unless you're Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a very interesting game. Um, definitely the I think that's like the key afternoon game. You should watch. Oh, without a doubt. Um, yeah, that's going to be a banger. Next game I have circled is going to be Washington at USC. Um, oh, man. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me look at the over-under. Give me one second. I have to go all the way back to the top on this page for some reason. 65. 65? That's my guess. Oh, okay. Uh, where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. I'm used to like Found NFL it. with over unders like 40 for like no matter who the teams are. Oh, oh my god, was it like what 72? What do you think? I, you I, I, I said like 65, 76 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Golly, dude. And it, you know what? Am I crazy to think that that's like a lock for the over? Mm, I mean, no, not really because what each mean, team only has to get 38 points. Just to, I like that's technically under. Let me, but. let me look at last few weeks. USC's given up 49, 34, 48, 41, 41, 28, 10, 14, hmm. 28. Oh, God. Recently, they've given, like the last four weeks, they've given up 41, four, no, five weeks. They've given up 41, 41, 48, 34, and 49. Again, some pretty pretty bad offenses in let me see who was that it was california mm. utah mm. arizona mm. give it 48 to notre dame give it 41 to colorado that's respectable i guess yeah you know, washington has given up 33 7 33 24 32 Ooh. Mm. But Washington's kind of struggled the last few weeks, haven't they? They, I mean, they've played some really poor teams as well. They played Stanford and didn't get out of there till. I mean, they won by nine. Stanford's real bad. They played Arizona State and without a pick six, they probably would have lost that game. They won fifteen to seven. They beat a really good Oregon team, thirty six to thirty three. But a lot of, I mean, you could really argue that they shouldn't have won that game. If Dan Lanning would have punted instead of going for it on fourth down, they. Probably would have lost that game, um, and then they beat they squeaked by Arizona, thirty one to twenty four. Um, so for a team that I thought through four weeks was probably the best team in the country, I, man, I mean, there's a reason they came they came in at number five in the college football playoff rankings. They've really had some poor showings lately, and uh, it sucks because I really like Michael Penix, and really all the I really like their team, but I mean, when they don't play up to their standard, they they look pretty rough. Mm-hmm. So, but then going back, uh, if if you want your offense to get on track, the perfect team to play is USC, um, who's now seven and two, and really they probably should have lost to California this past weekend. That would have been three straight L's for them, and it's not been pretty for Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams has been straight. It's time to start a dialogue on Caleb mm-hmm. Williams. Um. Yeah, he balls out against subpar competition, but when it when he plays. A, a defense with a pulse, uh, he goes missing. He's he's on the side of a milk milk jug. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's time to start up. I, I think Drake May is quarterback one, even though he hasn't exactly played well lately either. Um, I saw something that said Michael Pratt was going to try to transfer this year instead of enter a quarterback-loaded draft, and I'm like, mm, where are the quarterbacks at? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's no. your – that's your top two quarterbacks, Caleb Williams and Drake May, and uh, yeah, that's like the tier A right there. Then yeah, tier B is you know the rest of them. I would argue that's tier S, but they're not S. Oh, uh, I guess yes. If you want to do yes, like include the letter S. Yeah, by this year, like in terms of this year, I should say. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're like tier B in most years. Right. So I don't see where I think. I don't know. I don't see where this is a quarterback-loaded class. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just doesn't seem like it to me. So, my last game that I have circled, though, is, of course, LSU at Alabama. 
Um, oh man, I'm either gonna have a great weekend or my weekend's gonna suck. So, um, yeah, uh, playing at Alabama is is really scary for me. Bama's defense is elite. Saban is gonna have those DBs coached up well against LSU's receivers. Um, man, I'm nervous about this game as an LSU fan. I think we can score, but the problem is, is they're gonna score on us too. Mm-hmm. So. Mm, yeah, I, mm. it's gonna be. I think it just depends on on how this uh this game pans out. Uh, if it if it's a shootout, I, I like LSU in it. If it's a defensive slugfest, I like Alabama in it. Of course, it. I don't know. I'll, I'll go. I had Alabama finishing number one in the West, so I'll, I'll, I'll double down on that. I think Alabama wins the game, sadly. Um, but we'll see. They've had their own struggles. Um, I don't know if anybody out there follows Hater Muse on uh, Twitter and for like the basketball, but um, my Hater Muse tweet, I guess you could say, would be um, Alabama's O-line versus LSU's D-line going to be the battle of ass so interested to see that yeah um i think it is definitely gonna be an interesting game like you said and um you mentioned um you know that alabama is going to score on lsu as we know that isn't for uh that isn't because alabama has a high-powered offense it's um alabama's offense is actually quite atrocious to what you're used to seeing um is a good deep ball though yeah, if if there's one thing that I would like about Milrow, it'd be his deep ball. Yeah, but he may be the worst quarterback Alabama's had in the past decade. Um, I mean that's in the past ten years. It's true. Say. No, it's absolutely true. But I mean, to be fair to him, I guess um, that's a pretty elite crowd. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but yeah, you're used to Alabama being this perennial. Um, powerhouse on both sides of the ball, right? Where there's usually there's usually not one side of the ball that's like. Um, how do I put this? More, more dominant than the yeah, other. Yeah, where you're like, we're like, oh yeah, where you can easily say this season LSU is an offensive powerhouse. Um, but you usually don't really say things like that about Alabama. But obviously, this year they are a defensive powerhouse. You know, I think you look at their stats across the board, and they got. I feel like they got to be top at least top ten and everything. Probably a little bit higher than that. Um, at least all the you know all the major stats. Um, yeah, obviously, I think we see it time and time again in college. Um, LSU's offense will score on Alabama's defense. Alabama's offense, as poor as it may be, will score on LSU's defense because it is atrocious. Um, they're getting a little bit better, sure, but are they? But they be able to stop anybody with a pulse. Yeah, I was gonna say, are they gonna be able to stop an Alabama offense? I don't know. Um, I think LSU's played more high-powered offenses than Alabama's. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like they showed up against those offenses. Um. Yeah, I don't know really how to put this. I think I think the spread is like minus three, and I think in college football, the way these sports books do it, they kind of they give three points to the home side, especially you know depending on the setting. Um, yep. So I think I think really those three points actually accounts for Bama's home field advantage. So I think this game is really even. Um, that's my point. I'm trying to get as you know, if you take away the home field advantage, this is a neutral game. I think it's a pick 'em, but you know yeah, Bama's got home field advantage, and it's probably gonna. And especially if it's late in the game and it comes down to LSU having to score, you know, and they they haven't scored like on every other drive like they usually do, or like two thirds of the drives, I should say, you know, and the crowd's like getting into it, um, you know, I'm not sure LSU's offense is going to be able to, you know, outlast the Alabama crowd and the Alabama defense. <sighs> so yeah, give me Alabama here. I think it's going to be a close game, very entertaining game, on um. Probably on both sides of the ball for both teams. Um, I think both teams are going to shine. Both teams are going to have their low points. Uh, like I said, high-powered offense going against a high-powered defense, and you know a not-so-good offense going up against a not-so-good defense. So there's going to be a lot of variance in this game. I think whatever people are expecting, you can kind of put that to the side and just you know, if you're not a fan of either of these, either of these teams, then just enjoy the game for what it is. Yeah, I mean, and for what it's worth, I do think that um, typically in college football. The team with a higher-powered offense tends to win, especially those big games. I mean, it feels like in the playoffs you got to score at least 40 points to win those games nowadays. 
instead of like 21, like Alabama did to LSU in the BCS championship mm-hmm. in 2011. Um, yeah, that's just modern football nowadays. And I mean, obviously, defense is a lot harder to play than offense. But one thing I'm really interested in seeing, obviously, Nick Saban is a defensive back wizard. Um, I mean, that's his forte is defensive backs, if if y'all didn't know that. Um, come out from the rocket living under. But I'm really, really interested to see how, how they handle Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., um, Chris Hilton maybe, Kyron Lacey. I mean, LSU really has a stacked wide receiver score. Um, oh man, and then Kool-Aid McKinstry versus Malik Neighbors, which I'm assuming he's going to follow Neighbors for the most part in the game. Um, Obviously, he's probably not going to line up on him every single snap, especially because Neighbors lines up in the slot a lot. But, I mean, LSU is definitely going to get their mismatches with, with Neighbors and, and Thomas. But, um, man, I'm, I'm going to be really, really, really thrilled to see that matchup between Neighbors and uh, – Kool-Aid. I can't believe that just came yeah. out of my mouth. I know, I know. I had to think about that for a second. I was like, oh, I was like, oh okay. But, yeah. So, I, give me Bama here, but uh, it, I really do think it could go possibly any way. Either way, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's going to be a very good game. Uh, very entertaining. So are going to surprise us. LSU's going to surprise us all and come out and shut Bama out. It's going to be a 49 0 type game for LSU. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder Not what the over under is for this game. I don't, I don't know what it is. Let me look. Because I am interested to see that. Obviously, yeah, I mean, we spent the most time talking what... about this one. I do think this is the game of the week. I think college game day is also going there. So obviously, they believe it too. Wow. What do you think the over under is? Give me your best guess. 60. 61 and a half. If it was the prices right, I would have won. You're right. <laughs> Man, for an Alabama LSU game, that whew, 61 and a half. I mean, that goes to show you the faith that they have in uh, LSU's offense. Yeah, and the lack of faith in LSU's defense. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a given. I don't think anybody has faith in LSU's defense. I don't think LSU's defense has faith in LSU's defense. I know their defensive coordinator mm-hmm. doesn't. <laughs> I mean, imagine if LSU had like a top like twenty five defense. This game oh is like God. so different. This game is just turned on. LSU's its head. probably number one. <laughs> probably. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm I say that. I mean, I know I'm an LSU fan, but I, honestly. If they even have a decent defense, they get a few stops against Florida State, they win that game probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then against Ole Miss, it's probably not even a game. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. Womp, womp. <laughs> yeah. That's my eye about the Ole Miss game. Mm. Yeah, well, um, is that um? Oh, once you ask you, uh, this will be a good way to uh wrap up college football. Um, the college football playoff rankings dropped. Um, obviously I don't have the list in front of me here, but I'm sure off the top of your head, you probably had some um heads. I know I had some head scratching um reactions to some of these rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, any yeah. th- any of that pop out to you that you want to discuss? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first one being Ohio State at one. Mm. I, I think Ohio State probably has the best resume, but the eye test tells you they're not the best team in the country. Matter of fact, I don't think Michigan should be behind Georgia, although they have a horrible resume. resume. So I, I guess I can understand that more than Ohio State at one. Um, now, I'm typically – I'm not usually one to, to complain about um, early season rankings. I say early season, but it's, it's not technically early season. But, I mean – for what it's worth, it, it. I mean, these don't exactly matter at the moment. There's still a lot of football to be played. But the other head scratcher I have is, excuse me, 
Um, Ole Miss at 10. I don't think Ole Miss is the 10th best team in the country. Missouri at 12 over LSU, who beat Missouri at Missouri. Um, I'm just dumbfounded by that one. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they must have hit their crack pipes hard that night. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if only there was a way to de- de- determine what team is better on the field. So, uh, if there if there was a way to do that, I mean, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. But, you know, I guess the on-field results don't matter. <laughs> um, I think Air Force at 25 is a little critical. Um, I think Air Force is a very good team. And then Tulane at 24 is also – I don't like that it either. I think Tulane's better than the number 24 team in the country. I think Air Force is better than the number 25 team in the country. I mean, Tulane's only loss was against Ole Miss, and they they played without their starting quarterback. And for what it's worth, they were winning pretty much the whole game. So mm-hmm. um, they went toe-to-toe with your number 10 team in the country, and that's their only loss, yet you have them at 24. I don't right. know. I don't know about that one, man. I, I, I'd really love to be able to sit in on one of these – these college football playoff committee meetings, but sadly I'm a peon and nobody knows who I am. So I can't, but I'd really love to know their way of thinking about some of these rankings. Yeah. Cause you know, you hear people throw around and you've said it too, the word resume, right. But it's like that. It's like, it seems, it seems like that almost only applies to like the top two or three teams in terms of figuring them out. And then after that, it's just, I definitely wouldn't say a popularity contest, but you almost have to think there's some kind of it, – it ain't all resume that's causing these teams to line up where they are. I don't know how to put it. I'm not – you know, NCAA is such a weird organization that it just it just it doesn't surprise me that some teams are ranked higher than others, um, maybe to give them a little bit more hype, you know, maybe to make, you know, um, you know the, the Georgia-Missouri game is a lot more interesting. Missouri's ranked 12. And Georgia isn't number one, you know, and that gives like you know a whole different meaning to this game because you know you know Missouri's probably got like hype train going on. Georgia's looking for some redemption to prove that they're number one. So now the game's a whole lot more interesting. Um, And and look, make no mistake, the NCAA absolutely does that. I mean, last year the Alabama LSU game, um, I think LSU came in ranked like number six, if I'm not mistaken. With two losses, I don't think they were the number six team in the country, but being that they were playing Alabama, they wanted to hype the game up a little bit. So they made LSU six. I don't think they intended on LSU beating Alabama last year and kind of <laughs> kind of throwing a wrench in their rankings. And I think, honestly, that's probably why. I think they're kind of punishing LSU this year for losing more games. Uh, I mean, obviously they said record matters this year. For the first time ever, I guess. Um, I don't know, man. I I don't know. So if if y'all are wondering, the AP poll has LSU at thirteen and Missouri at fourteen, um, whereas the College Football Playoff has Missouri at twelve and LSU at fourteen. I I'm one that I I don't really like the fact that if a if a team wins a game against another team and there's maybe one or two rankings separating them, the team who won on the field should probably be ahead of them. Now, if there's five, six, seven rankings between the two teams, that's probably a different story. I I don't know. I'm not on the committee, man. But some of these are just kind of puzzling to me. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. You know, you covered the the head scratchers that I had, too. I guess for what it's worth, you know, um, like you say, record matters. So I guess that means LSU is the best two-loss team in the nation, which I guess is good. Um, Air Force is the worst undefeated team in the rankings. I guess I don't yeah. know if there's a, is there any well, other James undefeated Madison, teams? That's James Madison. Yeah, well, do they count this year? I mean, they're undefeated. They they yeah. won't make they won't make the postseason, which is absolutely criminal but. right i guess that's why i'm asking do they even bother ranking them in the playoff rankings if there's no shot that they can that it really matters it, it kind of does matter i think they're ranking i think it does i think it does to them i mean it helps with recruiting and and among other things i think it's only fair to rank them i agree but i mean i don't know like i don't know 
for record to matter, yes, Air Force at 25, and yes, James Madison not ranked at all is kind of suspect. Um, yeah, I, I, guess, don't know, I don't know that. I guess kind of what you're hinting at, and it's my biggest complaint, is you pick and choose which what how you weight your rankings mm-hmm. for depending on the team. So somebody like Michigan, okay, Michigan has played a bunch of nobodies. But then you're going to say, so you're going to say record matters and resume matters, putting Ohio State above Michigan, who has not looked as good as Michigan. Right. Right. But then you're going to say, oh, well, Washington's 8 0. They have a better win than any win Michigan has. But then you're going to say, oh, the eye test matters. So which one is it? Like, why does Ohio State get number one, even though their eye test hasn't exactly been great? Because they have the resume, but Washington has a better resume than Michigan, the same record. But now you're going to say, "Oh, well, Michigan's looked better than them." Yeah, no, I don't it's, get it. yeah. I don't get that. me neither. Me neither. It's very weird. And like you said, it'd be nice to like understand what goes on in these meetings. Um, but no, we'll just continue questioning it. And it's funny that the answer, essentially, the answer for this is to expand the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's and- in. That's what they're going with. Yeah, and that's absolutely going to happen next year. And honestly, I, for one, am, am pretty excited about the uh, expanded playoffs. I know a lot of people don't. I'll, I'm not a big fan of the 14 playoff, but I think I'm going to be a bigger fan of the 12 team playoff. And I know that probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I think with the transfer portal and NIL and all this kind of stuff, I think college football has gotten a lot more paired like in terms of parody i should i didn't know how to word that i guess but um like teams that aren't as good are getting better mm-hmm. just because let's say you're a five star you go to alabama georgia something like that you don't see the field and you're like well i could probably see the field somewhere else closer home let me go there and then you get a few of those guys on a team like like let's let's use Tulane for example um you get a few of those guys, and now Tulane's a top 25 team competing with Power 5 schools. So I think that's great for the game of football, college football, I should say. And I think it's great for parity. And I think that's going to show in the 12-team playoff. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, I think they're taking notes. Obviously, they can't do a 64-team, uh, you know, tournament like college basketball can. Who says but, no? um, I mean, let's be honest. Um Bigger brackets are a lot more fun. You root for the quote unquote Cinderellas. I call you know. I mean, obviously, you know, it'd be it'd be fun to watch Air Force, you know, pit up against Georgia or something. Um, yeah, we're gonna be watching four string quarterbacks by the time the uh, championship rolls around. <laughs> Everybody's right. gonna be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for that as well. And uh, I definitely didn't mean to bring that up in a sense that like, oh, I'm not looking forward to it. But yes, it's almost as if you know. The committee that uh, creates these rankings, like I said, we just wants to continue to keep it a secret and also at the same time make everyone happy. So it's just like, okay, we'll include more people in the final playoffs. And like everyone's like, okay. Yeah, but like, I don't know, man. It, it's just weird. I think it's – people call it the college football invitational. And at first I was like, nah, it's, it's definitely the best four teams. But at this point, I, I, I kind of agree, man. Like they just want to keep it – the big markets in the playoffs. And I don't, I don't really like that. Yeah. I think you should see some of the smaller market teams or the, the teams that are more up and coming play. I, I don't want to see Ohio state, Georgia, Michigan, Bama in the, in the playoffs every, in Oklahoma and Clemson every single year. I want to see some more teams. And I think like, I mean, we've, we've mentioned, I've said it a few times. I think we're seeing that. And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. But, hmm. but we can move on to NFL if you'd like. So we, we spent a pretty good time on uh, college football. Yeah, but it's interesting to talk about college football. Like I said, it's kind of um, – I hate to say it's wrapping up because, I mean, it's not. But, I mean, we're getting to that point in the season where – The nitty-gritty um, time. Yeah, especially a lot yeah, of things kind of get eliminated yeah, from the playoffs. Right, yeah, things like really start to matter right now. So, yes, yeah. I think obviously more in-depth conversations will be had as these weeks continue to go by leading up, um, you know, to the college football playoffs. But, yeah, anyways, we can uh, 
move on to NFL, which um I think we're in like the midpoint of that, or maybe a little past it. No, not quite. We no, yeah, week nine NFL. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're all past the halfway point now in the NFL too. Um, kind of a um. So far, the standings. I don't have the standings in front of me, but I know the AFC is kind of like at a deadlock right now. Like all division leaders are all six and two. Um, you know, Kansas City isn't a clear front runner anymore in the AFC. Uh, you got Kansas City, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Ravens all leading whoa, the division. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who was that second team you said? Kansas City, the Dolphins, the Miami, um, and the Jaguars. Hmm. I was told Jacksonville they were Jaguars. I was a joke for. Yeah, I'm out of my three seed. I don't, I don't know who they've played this year. I really can't nah, tell you. I can't good. tell you one team. <laughs> Not really anybody good, but my point still stands. Anyways, um, I wish my team got to play the Falcons. Anyways, um, <laughs> the team's good enough as it is, dude. Who just, um, by the way, benched Desmond Ritter and are now starting uh, Heineke. So I'm so upset. <laughs> Anyways, right, um, right in time to play the Saints. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so an interesting game going on in Germany. Um, so 8.30 Central start time, a.m. for the Miami and Kansas City game, which is going to be a good one to wake up to on Sunday morning. If you're awake that early, I definitely suggest you watch that one. Um, and I don't know. It could turn into a shootout. You know, uh, I mean, both defenses are sus. Both offenses. No, Miami offense is really good. Kansas City just has, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So, I mean um, – I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game. Uh, but the Dolphins don't have a defense. Yeah, but I mean, at least they got Jalen Ramsey back. I think he had like a pick six in his first game back, which is pretty impressive. Anyways, yeah, he's gonna be um, yeah, I don't have a lean either way in this game, actually. I think it's going to be a very, very good game. Obviously, Miami's going to have its moments. Um, Kansas City, or I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will have their moments. And <laughs> yes, on the international Swift fans or Taylor Swift fans are going to be there. They're going to be flocking the stadium. Um, so yeah, in- interesting game. Like I said, I don't have a lean either way. I don't even know what the spread for that game is. I, I can't. I can't imagine it's too big. Um, either way, but um, very interesting. Uh, two is kind of have a, a really good start to the season. Like I said, um, as long as the injury doesn't knock him out or anything, uh, no pun mm. intended. Mm. I, I, I meant knock him out of like playing, not knock him, not really. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Anyways, um, I really didn't mean to come across Phrasing. like that. Yes, I know. Uh, <clears throat> Kansas City's favored by a point and a half, by the way. That sounds about right. Um, Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a good game, man. I mean, there's a two – uh, like I said, two of the top teams in the AFC going up against each other on a neutral site. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't ask for much more and a special start time, you know. Like, so you get to start off your Sunday morning with a little uh, NFL. We get a little uh, pregame action going for the um, for the noon slate. Um, yeah, speaking of the noon slate, we can move into some of those games unless you want to talk about the Dolphins and Chiefs game, Peyton. Or you want no, to move uh, on? I think he covered it. All right, yeah, fair enough. Um, so interesting game. Um, I think obviously we're Ravens fans. I'll, I'll just quickly cover them, not to sound biased. But uh, Ravens and Seahawks. Seahawks are at Ravens. Um, I think Ravens are like a six point favorite. Uh, battle of the defenses here. I think it basically it may come down to which offense is going to have a little bit more willpower. Um, I do have to. I'm going to lean. Obviously, I'm a little biased. So I'm just going to say I lean the Ravens here. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game than what people expect, though. I know people think the Ravens are this powerhouse, but you know, um, they they often find themselves a, a victim of their own. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to put this stupidity. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and Seahawks can be uh, the same. Can be said there. They're having a little um, a little drama in the backfield right now. I know Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet are actually like starting to split the reps directly in half now. Almost, I think actually Charbonnet had more snaps than Kenneth Walker the last time they played. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, yeah, that's just in the name of the running back game this year, though, um, or at least in the NFL now. So, but it's uh, it's good to see um, Charbonnet getting some looks. And um, obviously he's definitely their passing back. Um, but yeah, should be an interesting game. Should be a, a good noon game. Um, that may be the noon game to watch because it's really all the other ones are kind of, kind of sicko games. Like you got the Bears and the Saints. I think the Saints mm-hmm. are probably <laughs> going to demolish the Bears. 
Um, Saints are kind of picking up picking up their stride. Obviously, I don't think the Saints are no powerhouse, but the Bears just suck, and they're coming into the Dome. And like I said, um, the Saints' offense is starting to click a little bit, which is exactly what they needed. Um, Saints have the easiest schedule out of the whole NFL remaining this year. So you have to imagine they start picking up steam now. And like I said, beating the Bears is a good way to do it. So yeah, give me the Saints here um, at home in the Dome against the Bears. Here you know, yeah, I, ain't, I ain't watching that game. Kind of suck. Yeah, that's what I say. The rest of these games are kind of sick. Um, like I, I'll just quickly go Cardinals at Browns. Um, obviously I lean Browns there, even with Deshaun Watson still trying to figure out where the nearest massage parlor is. Uh, Buccaneers at Texans. Um, I want to lean Texans there. Like I said, the Texans are a young team. They're looking really good. Looking really good. I know the Buccaneers are surprising a lot of people too, but I lean Houston here at home. Uh, Commanders, Patriots, and Rams and Packers. That finishes out the noon games. But um. Afternoon game. Here we got a couple of interesting ones. Um, Psych, just really one interesting one. And that's the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, yeah, battle for the top of the NFC. Um, you know, Eagles are a lot of people's number one team in the NFL right now. They're going to have a tough test in the Cowboys, but they have the home field advantage here. Uh, I want to lean the Eagles right now. They seem not unstoppable, you know, but I mean, they're pretty, they're, they're, they're a really good team. They're, um, Man, that offense is something special. A.J. Brown having a, like a, just an insane season. Jalen Hurts, that offense is looking good. That offensive line, just I mean, is just unstoppable. Tush push, broken. Um, they're starting to run different plays out of the tush push. I'm sure you saw that too, where they're running mm-hmm. like the trick plays, like the tosses, you know, and the passes. Um, so, yeah, interesting stuff that the Eagles got going on. And uh, not that I don't believe in the Cowboys, but I just believe in the Eagles a little bit more here at home. So, yeah, give me Eagles to win that one. And then return – of the cardiac arrest king, Damar Hamlin. Uh, Bills and Bengals, Sunday night game, 720. Um, yeah, some um, two high-powered teams here going up against each other. Like I said, Bengals are starting to pick up a little bit of steam now, too. The Bills, obviously, um, well, they're the Bills. They look, they're kind of a weird team this season, you know, but they're still the Buffalo Bills. They're no slouches. So um, that's going to be a good game. I'll lean the Bengals here at home. Um I, I expect T. Higgins to get like 200 yards, three touchdowns, something crazy. Um, it's just gonna happen. That's just the way things happen in the NFL, you know. But um, that's about it for the NFL games. I don't know if any of those that I mentioned pique your interest, Peyton, that you want to talk about a little bit more, or if you want to move on. Yeah. Um, so I'll uh, I'll talk pretty briefly about two games. Uh, obviously, as an honorary Ravens fan this season, um, I'm also gonna side with them. I think they win that game. Uh, they they've Really put together a pretty good year this year, so, um, yeah. And then the Bills and Bengals. Obviously, Joe Burrow looks healthy. He looked healthy last weekend, um, and a healthy Joe Burrow. It's almost crazy that an injury can derail you as much as it did him. But hey, he's back. So, um, and I mean, look, they played the Forty ers who were kind of struggling right now, but I. I might be the only one that thinks this, but I think that the the panic for San Francisco 49ers fans is is a little premature. I still think they're a great team. I still think they have a good defense. They might they should have they probably should have gotten a cornerback um in trade at the trade deadline instead of two defensive linemen that they didn't need, but hey, I guess at the end of the day, if you get a better defensive line, your corners don't need to hold up as long. And I still think they're going to be a good team. Uh, they'll make the, the appropriate changes that they need to. Um, Kyle Shanahan's an excellent coach. And the Niners, they're, they are a good team. I mean, they have great offensive weapons. They, they're, I mean, they're stacked on defense. So I think they'll, they'll right the ship. I think uh, a lot of people are kind of freaking out about them right now. I think that's a little premature. I think it's – honestly, I think it's a little silly that um, people are – freaking out about the 49ers right now yeah uh, i have to agree with you um i'm not a big brock Purdy believer um i know a lot of people are but i guess i'm on i really i think that crowd is kind of split 50 50 whether or not you believe in them i could see i could see it either way but i just do think he's a product of a um good system at the end of the day um brock Purdy, i mean he gets it done but he's also got you know 20 all-stars surrounding him when there's only you know 10 people allowed on his side of the ball um, I don't know how the NFL let that happen, but, you know, here we are. Um, but it's it, it's just kind of weird. It's like if one of those players goes down, he just uh, – he turns into the Killian Hayes of the NFL. 
Mm-hmm. I just, I, I really don't get it. I really don't get it. Brock Purdy, questionable. Man, if the 49ers had a competent quarterback, oh, dude. Oh. For what it's worth, I think he's better than Jimmy G, who's also starting oh, in the NFL. Boy, Jimmy G. Now, his career's done. It's done. He's got, he got benched for um who did he get benched for? Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. O'Connell. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, Jimmy G's that. awful. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, the Raiders cleaning house. I mean, not really, not really that crazy. I know Raiders fans rejoiced at least the ones I was able to keep up with. Yeah, they got but rid of Henry Ruggs. Um, he did that to himself. Good for him. I don't know if you've looked at the Pelican score lately, but you might not want to. Um, I don't know. I checked it about a minute ago. I saw they're up like ten. Yeah, you might want. You might not want to look at it. No, I mean if they're having a um, they're down breakdown. Mm, that doesn't not surprise still. me. It is an eleven point game though. Oh, uh, still interesting. Nine point uh, game. Mm, meltdown. But yeah, any- but yeah, anyway, so um, yeah, uh, Raiders cleaning house, you know, they get rid of their offensive coordinator and their head coach, um, make some moves there. Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, both, um, letting, letting everyone know how unhappy they are. Don't blame either of them. Um, so yeah, it's going to, I think that's actually going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch this Raiders team the rest of the season. I didn't really believe in them to begin with. Uh, but for what it's worth, I think they're taking steps in the right direction. They're recognizing the problems and actually, you know, trying to take care of them. Um, so good for them. I think, you know, it's a step in the right direction. It's going to be a lengthy process to kind of get this team back on its feet. But like I said, steps in the right direction. That's all that matters. Yep, I agree. But um, anything else you wanted to discuss in the NFL? We can move on. Um. No, I don't think so. I think uh, the trade deadline was a little. I mean, it was boring, a little underwhelming. Snooze fest. No huge trades. I mean, obviously, Montez Sweat going to the Bears and Chase Young going to the 49ers, which, look, I mean, that could potentially be a massive move for the Niners, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think it was like a lateral move. I think for what it's worth, um, I think I think it was a move. Um, that I think they improved their defense. Don't get me wrong, but Chase Young isn't no longer has a hype train. He's just kind of I don't know. Chase Young, I guess. I guess I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Like you said, it's um not a groundbreaking move, and um, but I think you know the rich get richer in the Niners, so yeah. good for them. But, I mean, pairing him with somebody like Nick Bosa and that elite D line that the the Niners have. I'm, Dude, I mean, you know, you know, he's gonna work with Nick Bosa a lot, and Bosa's gonna show him a thing or two. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The Niners are still a threat. Uh, like I said, regardless of the, like you mentioned, um, I think you know this this complete meltdown, nuclear meltdown that fans are having of the Niners is unwarranted. Um, I think they're gonna turn this thing around here pretty soon. But uh, real quickly. Um, I will say this about the Bears. It did kind of surprise me to see that there are buyers at the deadline. I figured they'd be kind of sellers. Yeah, so it it was it was it, that was interesting. It was an interesting move to get sweat, especially considering last year, maybe the season before, they traded Rorcron Smith to the Ravens. So, yeah. Um, so it was it was interesting. I guess maybe they missed him and then figured just let's get sweat. I don't know. Maybe, but I, I, I kind of it leads me to believe that they do believe in Justin Fields. Well, it's all funny games till they get Drake May because they get like the fifth or sixth pick. They get, I think they get number one and three, don't they? Do they? Let me see. Bears draft picks. Twenty twenty-three. No, they, 2020. Get, they get Williams and May, and they'll let them home have at it. They get the number one pick. Let me see. They get round one from Carolina, too. Mm. Interesting. So, let's see mock draft. Just go to Tankathon. So, they're thinking that 
Oh no no no! I'm sorry. They have their own pick and the the Panthers pick. So right. this mock draft has them going two and three. Yeah. So which yeah, Tankathon has them going two and three. That's just current standing. So yeah, um, getting May and Marvin Harrison Jr. That'd be that. So they nice. get the best quarterback in the draft and the best receiver. Best wide receiver. Best yeah, receiver. that's crazy. That's crazy. Second best receiver. Oh, <gasps> dude. Oh no. They have the Patriots picking Bo Nix at five. Mm, that's disgusting. Elite neighbors going seven to the Colts. That's interesting. Bo Nix ain't even in the top ten on this um on this list. Yes, Bo Bo Nix is where is he? He's pick forty one. Oh no, dude! No, dude! Guess who they have the Saints picking at sixteen? Oh, uh, who? Kool Aid. Mmm. I mean, they don't yeah. need it. But. I don't know what mock draft you're looking at, but they crazy thinking Kool Aid's gonna fall down that far. CBS. Yeah, they crazy. They have the Saints getting Keon Coleman. Oh no, Tankathon. Mm, I disgusting. trust Tankathon a little bit more. That's disgusting. Right after Malik Ooh, Neighbors. They had the Bills getting Cameron Kenshin's. Oh, man, that'd be... Mm. But uh, anyways, yeah, we can move on to the um, move on to the NBA here because we've got some interesting standings going on. Grizzlies still winless. Uh, last place in the West, 0-5. Um, losing three at home, losing three away. Uh, looking a little lost without John Morant. Uh, shocker. Um, and then also at the bottom of the East, the Miami Heat, shocker. They lose some depth piece, depth pieces, and now here they are again. Um, wondering what's going on. At least Tyler Hero is having some good games, though. Uh, I guess you know, hooray! I, I know Heat Heat fans are crazy about Tyler Harris, so they'll take their wins. I guess so. However, they can get them. Yep. Thank God, I prayed on this downfall. <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about the Grizzlies. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, the Grizzlies are lost without John Morant. Um, Hopefully they're hey. lost with him, too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, that'd, that'd be funny if they missed the playoffs. Um, I don't I don't think they will, though. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Uh, Celtics and Mavericks are the only undefeated teams left. Uh, Mavericks is a little bit surprising to me. Uh, Celtics, not so much. Um yeah, I don't know. NBA, NBA, like I said, we're kind of, you know, only about like four or five games into the season. Some teams have six games, and um, things are shaping up, uh, I guess, a little bit kind of how people expected. I know um, the Giannis and Dame combo isn't working out as well as people thought it would, but um, shocker, you trade away <laughs> Drew Holiday, and all of a sudden you become one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. So I think yep. that matters. And I look at the Celtics. One of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Funny how that works. Oh, yeah, I know. But uh, for what it's worth, I do think that Dame and, and Giannis will kind of get, get it together. At the end of the day, they made a pretty late trade. So he hasn't been with the, the Bucks for very long. Yeah, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm sure, though, you know, they still got to figure out a way to work together. I mean, at the end of the day, just run pick and rolls with them. I mean, come on. It can't be that hard. Just run pick and rolls with them, too, <laughs> till the cows come home. Yeah, who cares if they each have forty points? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, they're scoring. You get points on the board. That's what you want. That's all you want. Exactly. Um, let's see. I don't. I don't have much else to say about the NBA. Um, like I said, kind of early in the season to be really talking in depth about it, but um, it's just fun to keep up with still. So, um, anything you wanted to mention about the NBA? Nope. I think we covered it all. Oh, all right. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about in particular? Um, I don't have anything on the mind. I know we got UFC this weekend. Unfortunately, I didn't really do my fair share of research. Nor did um, I. I was pretty, pretty owed up this week. This week. Yeah, this was un- unfortunate that neither of us could really cover it. But um, should be some good fights this Saturday. I still recommend that you go watch it. Uh, I know you, we usually have some pretty in-depth predictions about the fighters. I'm sorry about the fights and the fighters. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to have that this time around. Uh, main event should be interesting. Uh, Derek Lewis fighting, so he's always alive for a knockout. Everybody's going up against Almeida. Um, very good submission. I mean, he's, he's good all around. He's a good heavyweight all around. 
um, interesting to see the heavyweight division kind of take a turn, leading more into these um, hybrid heavyweights, if you will. And um, I expect Ahmed is going to get it done uh, probably in the first or second round, um, you know, barring a Derek Lewis flying knee. Um, I have to imagine Ahmed is going to get it done probably by submission. Um, I know people like to say, make – not make fun of Derek Lewis, but make fun of the fact that he just stands up when on the ground. But uh, his opponent this round is a little bit different than the the C plus wrestlers he's gone against, gone up against in the past. Yeah, the the heavyweight divisions uh, starting to evolve. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's fun. It's fun to see. As much as I enjoy knockouts, it is fun to see um, the heavyweight, the power of the heavyweights be. Not completely negated, but to be lessened, you know, just because um, of an equalizer, you know, getting the fight to the ground where you can't really utilize your power that much. Yep. So, I mean, fun stuff. But um, Oh, for sure. Anything else you want to cover? I know the uh, World Series came to an end, um, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll cover that real quick. Um, yeah. Obviously, Rangers did end up winning the World Series. Uh, kind of a disappointing World Series. I didn't really watch it. I, I didn't. I don't think a whole lot of people did. I mean, it's one of the lowest watched World Series in the last ten years. So, um, and that happens when you have the D backs and the Rangers playing. I mean, the lesser. I don't want to say lesser known team in Texas, but the lesser liked team in Texas. I mean, a lot of people are Houston Astros fans. And then the Diamondbacks just kind of a small market, um, and a lot of young players that people don't necessarily know know yet. I mean, some big play, big name guys like Corbin Carroll, Kettle Marte, Alec Thomas, but but still um, not bona fide superstars just yet that I think they could turn into. But um, yeah, obviously the Rangers got it done. I think the winner. I think if if the Phillies win the NLCS, I think it's a different story. I think the uh, the Phillies probably beat the Rangers, but it you know baseball is a weird sport sometimes, and and uh, the Diamondbacks got it done and ultimately fell short. But what was what's pretty interesting, um, the last overall seed in the NBA made the NBA Finals, the Heat, and they couldn't get it done. The last mm-hmm. overall seed in the NHL playoffs made it all the way to the finals. They couldn't get it done. And the last overall seed in the MLB playoffs made it all the way to the World Series and couldn't get it done. So, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. I wish one of them could have gotten it done. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Womp womp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, hey, I think that's about it. We covered a lot this episode. And um, we apologize for missing earlier this week. I um actually have some sporting events i attend here in uh in new orleans for the pelicans um some you know it i don't know sometimes i regret it because the pelicans you know are just the pelicans but um yeah anyways so um that's what that was about so um really wasn't too eventful of a weekend anyways for what it's worth but um we should be able to catch up next week though um today's our 30th episode by the way peyton so i mean i don't think that's really like an uh an anniversary or anything, but still pretty impressive. We've done this 30 times now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of fun, but, um, you have anything else you want to say, Peyton, or you want to wrap it up? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you for watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in and definitely not watching. Cause this is a podcast, Peyton. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God, no, I've been doing so well too. <laughs> I know. But, um, <laughs> bring it back at this point, just make it a running thing. Um, but yeah, anyways, thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it as always. I'm Zach. This is Peyton. And sorry, I got a tweet, had to check in on it. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening to the Easy Peasy Show. Peace. Yep. Peace.